Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parsha Shlach. According to the Chinuch, Parsha Shlach contains three mitzvos, two positive and one restriction. Parsha Shlach annually turns out to be one of the hardest parshios of the Torah. How could they do it? How could they reject, as Dovra Melech says, in Tilim 106, Vayim Asu Be'eretz Chemda. Literally, they found, I can't say the words, Mius is disgusting, Be'eretz Chemda, the land which Hashem chose for them, they rejected. And that's a soft way of translating what I just told you from 106 in Tehillim. The obvious question is, how? How could it happen that Moshe, who tells the Jewish people from literally the very first encounter that he has with Hashem at the burning bush, I'm going to take you out of Mitzrayim, and I'm going to bring you to the land, which is flowing with milk and honey, and it's a good land. Maybe we can justify, after all, they're about to go to war, to conquer, we need to know how to strategize, etc., perhaps. But how can we explain the fact that 10 out of the 12 Miraglim spies come back with such a terrible report? I'm going to suggest just one approach. I'm sure there are many, and this approach is cited in the Zohar, and it's quoted by the Mesilas Nishorim in the end of chapter 11, where he speaks about Chemdas HaKavod. Unfortunately, when man has an incredible desire for honor, and his ego gets the best of him, and therefore he says as follows, Take a look. One, he quotes the case of Yeruvim ben Nevat. Now Yeruvim ben Nevat was the one who right after the death of King Shlomo, Solomon, he was given the opportunity and chosen as the king of the ten uh, tribes. And unfortunately, call him what you want, paranoid, he forbade the Jewish people to go to Yerushalayim three times a year, lest they would go to Rechavim, Shlomo's son. Later on, God says to him, Yeruvam, I'm giving you the chance to do tshuva. This is found in the Gemara Sanhedrin 102, Amar Aleph. And God says, Chazor Bacha, to tshuva. Vi'ani, and I, Vi'ato, and you, Uven Yishai, you, me, and David Amelech, Nitayel Began Eden, will stroll together in Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. Could you imagine such an offer? Unbelievable. What's his response? Omalo, he says to Hashem, Mivorosh, who's going to lead in the procession? Meaning, of course, you, God. You're number one. But who was number two? David or me? Amalo Hashem says to him, Ben Yishai Barosh, David will be before you. Amalo, Ihachi Loba'ina. If so, I don't want. And similarly, 
he tells us that regarding the Maraglim in this week's parasha, what caused it, he says, take a look in the Zohar, book 3, chapter 198, the Maraglim who spoke Lashon Hara, where did this come from? And I quote, Miyirasam, from their fear, Penyim at Kvodam Bechnisas Haaretz, lest when they come into the land, they would not be They would no longer have their position of leadership. And because they would lose this position of leadership, they contrived all kinds of means to tell the people we can't do it. And the rest, as we know, is that sad, tragic history. Now, let's pause for one moment. What kind of covod, what kind of honor did they have in the desert? Yes, they had a title, but think about it. The entire desert environment is one of spirituality. And the answer is that in their minds, what they were doing was a mitzvah because they wanted greater spirituality. They didn't want to lose their closeness to Hashem and this spirituality by coming into the land of Israel and doing things in a more mundane way as opposed to being sustained by the mun, the heavenly food by, and enveloped by the Ananei Kavod and their water coming from the air of Miriam and the late Lubavitcher Rebbe Zatzal in his teachings on Parsha Shlach 53 years ago, quoted the Lakute Torah, which says that the Maraglim did not want to descend from their heavenly spiritual level to build society. The idea that comes behind this is that we have to be careful. We have to be careful to question our motives, that too often our motives are pure and we think we're doing a mitzvah, when in reality it is, forgive me, just the opposite. Now, the Mesilas Yesharim in chapter 20 quotes several examples of this, and Rav Pam, in his Sefer Atar Lamelech, has a chapter, an essay entitled Mishkal HaChasidus, which means evaluating your acts of goodness. So, for example, he quotes the Gemara in Brachos Taf Yud, which tells us the following, that Reb Tarfon came into the base Medrash and he was all bandaged up. And his Chaverim, what happened? So he said, it was evening and I laid down on the side of the road to recite the Shema in accordance with the teachings of Beis Shammai. Because when the Torah says, Beis Shammai understood referring to pasture, that in the evenings you should lie down, and in the morning you should stand when you say the Shema. Beis Hillel said, no, you can say the Shema in any posture you want, sitting, standing, <clears throat> lying down, it makes no difference. But there is no law that legislates that you must, but rather it means at night time when people go to sleep, in the morning when people arise. So when the rabbis saw their colleague with Tarfon all bandaged, bandaged up, what do you think they would have said? What would you have said? 
he would have said, oh, he was so sorry, it happened, etc. You know what they said? They said, good for you. I give out. Why would they say something as insensitive? They said, because the halacha has already been established like base Hillel. And by your unfortunate trying to be more strict for yourself, you were actually sending a negative message to the community that, well, we're not really following completely Beis Hillel. So that same act of what he thought was piety, perhaps the rabbis were saying to him, Reptarphone, had you thought it out a little more carefully, you would have seen that your pure motives perhaps were not so pure, and therefore the consequence of your action could have had negative consequence upon the community. This is a very powerful idea. The idea that a person has to weigh and measure their actions. And so, for example, the Chafetz Chaim taught on that which we say as part of the bracha in Ma'ariv every night. Vosir Satan Me'achorenu Umilfonenu. Take and remove the Satan that tries to literally hinder us from behind us and in front of us. From behind us, that you could understand to mean that he wants to move us backwards and bring us back. We've made certain progress. He wants us to regress. But what does it mean in front of us? It means that oftentimes we might think it's a mitzvah, but in that same mitzvah we are in reality doing something which really could be perhaps an Avera. Rav Pam Zechron gives the following example. A young couple are married, Baruch Hashem, with small children, and they are going to a chasana, and they ask one of their parents to babysit. The grandparents are babysitting, and they stay out late. They stay out late, after all, they're being misamea chasen v'kala. Their being misamea chasen v'kala, ay ay ay, is really to the disadvantage of the parents that are being kept from going to sleep, keeping or keeping out a babysitter, especially late. So you've got to weigh and measure your mitzvos. Is your mitzvah at the expense of? When you put on your talents in the morning, gentlemen, be very careful. Don't swing it around that it's going to hit somebody behind you in the face. Be sensitive how and when. You come into shul and you're all fired up with kavana. Be careful. Don't daven so loud if your davening is going to disturb the next person's davening. And even in your gemilas chasodim, it's wonderful. Your wife is preparing dinner for you and you come home, usually at a certain time. And she's got it ready and she wants to make it special for you, etc. And sure enough, you're supposed to be home by 6 and it's now 6.30 and it's a quarter to seven, you don't call. So first of all, it's a chutzpah that you don't call. But you come home and you say, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry, I'm late, etc. That I went and I did this person a favor, I drove him there. It's very nice that you do somebody else a favor, but what at her expense? And therefore, one has to do this very, very powerful mishkal Chasidus, this evaluation of your chasadim. Is it really a genuine chesed or perhaps it's not? And therefore, 
each and every individual has to learn from Parshas Shlach. The Torah tells us who were the ones that were singled out to be the spies. The Torah says in chapter 13, in Pasuk 3, Kulam Anoshim, they were all distinguished men. And Rashi says that Osa Sha'ak Sherim Hoyu, at that moment Rashi quotes the Tanhuma, they were kosher, they were distinguished, they were good people. And so look what happened to good people. Unfortunately, if it could happen to them, we have to ask ourselves, ay ay ay, are we always so on the mark with our own actions? And therefore, therefore we have to constantly question our motives because after all each and one of us is the head of a family the head of a household and we make decisions are we making these decisions all the time because of our kavod or are we making these decisions really for what is best for each and every individual within the family and for the cause is it our own personal honor that we're afraid to have tarnished and therefore this is going to lead us and therefore number one we need to be aware of the potential conflict of interest that each and every one of us you know have when we get offended is it the principle or our personal honor that is being quote challenged and therefore we have to be we have to learn what it means to be foregoing and forgiving and giving in. And therefore, the first thing is one has to be sensitive to this fact that perhaps my mitzvos require greater scrutiny. The next thing is you need a Rebbe, you need a teacher, you need a confidant, you need a good friend, a Rebbe that you can bounce it off to make sure to check. We want to check to make sure that our food is kosher and to check to make sure you can do this on Shabbos. Well, check to make sure that your decision and your evaluation is correct. Make sure you've got a friend that's not going to simply yes you, but it's going to tell you if he thinks that you are unfortunately incorrect. And I'm going to recommend as well that we each try to find a little bit of time for the study of Musar, for the study of self-development, and exactly questioning your motives. There's such there's such an incredible array of sforim that you can find at your local sforim store. You can find the Chovos Halavavos, Duties of the Heart, and Mesilas Yesharim, The Path of the Just, and Rav Desla Zachor Levrachas, Mechtab Me'eliyahu, Strive for Truth, and there's so many, many more that you will find in the sforim store. Ask the gentleman. Tell him where you are. Tell him what you're looking for. Tell him you're looking to learn from the Maraglim. And they fooled them themselves by saying that they were doing a mitzvah when in reality it went against Hashem and it was a great Avera. May we be privileged to learn from them and even to evaluate with careful scrutiny our mitzvahs. Shabbat Shalom to all.